expect uh, certain places to be loud or expect certain places. It's like walking into the ocean and all of a sudden it's, it's dry. You know, you expect the water to be wet. You want it to be, you know it's wet. Well, to walk into the coal loading yard and have it be quiet is insane. You know, I walk in there and it's quiet. And these guys are all walking around still yelling at each other, of course, because it's still noisy to them. They don't know it's quiet. You know, they're hollering, oh, they're yelling. So I come in there and I went, what's the matter, you know? And so one of the guy hollers, oh, Fred's in the chute. And I said, Fred's in the chute? Yeah. He said, Fred's in the chute. Get out of the way. They're running, and they're running up and down, and they're looking through the chutes. And what had happened is one of the guys somehow had been blown by the wind into one of these chutes. And he had been thoroughly ground up, just like the coal. I'm not telling you this is the truth. He had been ground up, and, and the chute had gone on, and they tried to stop it. And they were running around, and believe it or not, these guys were trying to find... They, they, of course, he was gone. At the instant he went in, that was it. That was the end of them. They were trying to find a large enough trace of him so that they could take it back and they could have some kind of services for him. Believe it or not. And that was the way they lived. That was the way they worked. And so I ran through there, you know, and I delivered the mail, and they were paying no attention to me. These guys who every day stood up on the top of that chute. Not one guy apparently thought, oh my God, this is the last day in the chute for me, man. Not a bit of it. And I ran out, out down through the mill and back into the cold strip, and all the while I'm thinking, Fred's in the chute. You know, Fred is in the chute. And that was the end of it. They all expect to be in the chute eventually is, I guess, what the what the thing winds up being. I remember another incident. I, I, I probably shouldn't be telling you these incidents, but you just don't hear about industry. Most people have never really worked in it. I could tell you some wild ones. I remember <laughs> I remember one time I had I had just gone into the coal strip. Now, the coal strip is a wild scene. Uh, the coal strip is literally coal strip mill plate. It's a long ribbon of coal-rolled steel that is as long, if you can imagine, uh, a, a piece of tin just rolled out to infinity. One long chunk. It just goes on and on and on. That's coal rolled. Now it whips through the coal rolls at a, at a speed anywhere from 45 to 65 miles an hour. Now I don't know whether you've ever seen a ribbon going that fast. Well look down when you're driving your car someday and you're going 55 miles an hour. Look straight down at the concrete. Just look out of your window and look straight down. Don't look ahead. Look straight down. Well, you'll see things are going awful fast past you. Well, that's exactly what the coal strip sheet looks like, going through those long rollers. And you stand next to it, and it goes, it snickers. Oh, boy, is it a sinister sound. Let me tell you, it makes a snickering sound. It goes, and it's rolling over these rollers and going from one place to the next, and it is going in an unending stream, and it is as sharp as 8,000, believe me, stainless steel razor blades because it has been cut what they call sheared a, 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 a flat cut shear makes that edge as as sharp and as deadly as a stainless steel razor blade and it snickers and these guys are walking around of course there's safeguards there but no one can safeguard against disaster no matter how I know of course we think in America you can't no a disaster is when the one thing that is bigger than anything has finally happened. Well, <laughs> you know, safeguards. The safeguards fly. That's the end of that. 
So one day I'm, I'm running through the, the coal strip mill, and it seems that when you're working in the mill and you're running around all the time, you are just always either just there before disaster or you're there just after disaster. Well, this was one of those days when I am there just before disaster. And I go running along the entire length of the transport equipment in the coal steel. And all the while I'm running, you see, and this, this long sheet is next to me. It goes and it hits the junctions. Well, I'm running along there, you know, what's the while? Oh, I'll tell you another scary sound. You know, you and I, we, we, we think in terms of electricity. Uh, electricity, big electricity is when you're running the iron. And really big electricity is the electricity in your in your television set. Well, I can remember, and this might be of some interest to you, Don, as an engineer, I can remember running past bus bar wiring in the tin plating mill or in the coal roll mill. Do you realize how much electrical power it takes to operate a hot roll piece of a hot roller? Well, I have seen bus wiring that the wiring itself was a solid piece of copper a foot and a half wide and six inches thick to carry the electricity and the relays going I have walked along relay banks and, and this is a scary sound boy when you meet this kind of power where a relay hops in or goes out and it makes a sound believe me like a hundred and five millimeter shell the relay just goes boom and a great shower of sparks Boom, 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 because ka-chung, boom. Ooh, you run along, and here's a little guy up there pressing buttons. You know, he's playing it like a piano. And down below him, the relays are going, ka-chung, pow, and the sparks fly. Oh, you run past, you think, any minute now, the whole world is going up. Well, the day I ran through the coal roll mill, this day, and it's just a routine day, you know, I'm running through. I'm going, and it's going, and I'm running like mad because I'm late. And I'm, I'm throwing the mail, you know, and I'm running it in and out of the offices. And all the while, that thing is going, snickering along there, snickering. And, and there are guys working along it, you see. There's guys adjusting the equipment, and this stuff is, it's oil, too, by the way. It's oil, and it's like a million stainless steel razor blades laid end to end, moving at 60 miles an hour. Oh. And I run out the end of the cold mill, and I run into the rail shop. And just as I come out of the rail shop, I hear the wildest, most insane machinery scream I've ever heard in my life. It goes, Wah! you hear the machine going, chung, chung, chung. and instantly I hear, whoop, whoop, whoop. off goes the emergency bells, off goes the sirens, Wah! and this thing is going, Wah! screaming, and I hear people shouting, and then silence. Well, what has happened is that the transport material somehow along the line had gone wrong, and this gigantic sheet of metal had leaped out of its slot at 65 miles an hour, moving with tons and tons of force behind it, and like a great snake was whipping around and across and through the air in that enormous mill, like, an, like a fantastic knife blade, out of control and insane. Shoom, shoom, it's going. And it's coming, more of it's coming out, you see, at the other end. Until finally there was a gigantic pile. You know that Christmas, that Christmas uh, candy that is in the form of great loops all pushed together, one after the other? You know those loops? Well, that's the way it looked in there. Well, I didn't go in because I was late. <laughs> 
and I'm on my way to the open heart. But by the time I reached the open heart scales, I could hear the I could hear the assemblage of ambulances coming and going. I could hear those whistles, and two days later, you would never know it had happened. Other guys in overalls, other guys wearing caps and carrying lunch buckets, eating salt tablets, and the machine is still going. Nothing's happened in the coal strip. Nothing, by the way, that they didn't always suspect would happen. It got maybe 25 of them, but then it was going to happen, so it did. Shepard will be back with more bedtime stories uh, tomorrow night at 11.15. If you've decided to stay up a while tonight, stay tuned for the Long John Neville program. This is WOR Radio, your station for news.